This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Today's episode is brought to you by Primally Pure. Primally Pure offers truly safe, all organically sourced skincare products that deliver results. Their deodorant and beard oil have been a game changer for me. Their deodorant is the first all-natural deodorant that I've used. It doesn't cause me to break out or smell like a funky blend of herbs and spices. It does its job and it's healthy for my body. Primally Pure is the first skincare company that I implicitly trust to protect and improve the health of my skin. I highly recommend that you give it a try. And if you use the code BLUEPRINT in all caps found in the show notes, you can get 10% off your order. So check them out at PrimallyPure.com. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today's episode is a continuation of a series I'm doing on building an effective exercise program that yields predictable and sustainable results. The information I'm providing you is based on almost two decades of research and experience in the field of human performance. And today I'm going to discuss why building a strong aerobic system is critical for longevity. And I'll also discuss several methods you should consider implementing into your exercise program to improve your aerobic system. But before we get started, if you enjoy listening to The Blueprint, would you please take just a moment and hit the subscribe button on whichever listening platform you are listening on, as this is one of the best ways that you can support the podcast. One more thing, as a reminder, whenever you are considering making changes to your exercise or general wellness program, please consult your doctor first. Now, let's dig in. In a previous episode titled Stop Doing Cardio and Start Conditioning, I explained that every time you hop on your Peloton or lift weights or go for a long hike, you aren't just doing cardio, you are conditioning or creating adaptations in your body that improve your ability to create energy to fuel exercise and daily living. And as a reminder, there are three energy systems in the body that work in concert to create energy in the form of ATP to fuel your body's cells to perform work, both cognitive, and physical work. The primary factors that determine which energy system is utilized the most. Now remember, all of these energy systems are working at the same time. The primary factors are duration and intensity of work. There are two broad categories of energy systems, aerobic and anaerobic. The aerobic energy system utilizes oxygen to generate ATP, and the anaerobic energy systems create ATP without using oxygen. Now, there are two subcategories for anaerobic metabolism. That's lactic and alactic, or the phosphocreatin system. The anaerobic phosphocreatin system generates a ton of ATP quickly and is predominantly used for power speed activities of a short duration. This system taps out quickly. Remember, duration and intensity. This is good for high intensity, short duration. The lactic energy system can generate large amounts of ATP, but after several minutes, its capacity diminishes. The aerobic energy system, on the other hand, can generate a tremendous amount of ATP through a process called mitochondrial respiration. All three primary fuel sources, fats, carbohydrates, and proteins can be used to generate ATP through mitochondrial respiration, but it has to go through a preparatory process to be used. 
Now, I'm not going to go into the details on how all of this works, but if you're really interested, check out the show notes. I put a link to a journal article that goes into great detail. It's called Interaction Among Skeletal Muscle Metabolic Energy Systems During Intense Exercise, and it will give you everything and more than you could ever desire on that subject. Today, we're going to focus on why you want to develop a strong aerobic system and how to do this in the most efficient manner. So let's start with the why. The number one why is longevity. There was a great study published in 2018 by Mansager and colleagues. This was a cohort study of over 122,000 people who performed exercise treadmill testing, which is a specific type of test used to measure cardiorespiratory fitness, and it actually can be used as a diagnostic tool. The researchers found that cardiorespiratory fitness, or aerobic fitness, was inversely related to all-cause mortality. This means the more aerobically fit you were, the longer you lived. In addition, they couldn't find an upper limit to this benefit, meaning the more fit you were, the longer you lived. Like, they couldn't find the cap. They also found that elderly people that were extremely fit could manage hypertension much more effectively. Here's the great thing about aerobic fitness. The benefits are for everyone, independent of your age, sex, race, or any other comorbidities. Aerobic fitness is associated with a reduced risk for cardiovascular disease, coronary artery disease, hypertension, stroke, and cancer. So what's happening when you perform aerobic exercise that leads to all these amazing benefits? Well, let's start with peripheral adaptations in your muscles. Number one, you increase mitochondrial density or the number of mitochondria in your cells. Remember, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell or the main organelle used for energy production through the generation of ATP. This means that you'll be able to generate more ATP in your cells to produce more energy, elongating and delaying muscle fatigue. Next, you improve mitochondrial respiration, which means you'll be more efficient at using oxygen to produce more ATP for each mitochondria. Both mitochondrial biogenesis, or increased number of mitochondria, and improved respiration will enable your body to be more effective at using fat for energy production at rest, and this is called beta-oxidation. The next thing is you increase capillary density, okay? So oxygenated blood flows from the heart through arteries, which branch and narrow into something called arterioles, and then branch further into capillaries where nutrients and wastes are exchanged. So these arteries, which are like big pipes, start getting smaller and smaller and smaller until you get to these capillaries. The capillaries then join and widen into venules, which in turn widen and converge into veins, which then return deoxygenated blood back to the heart. Simply stated, capillaries are the smallest units of our vascular system and they unload nutrients and oxygen to tissues and organs and absorb and carry away metabolic waste products. And the more metabolically active the tissue, like muscle, the more you need. The more capillaries you have, the more efficient you'll be at delivering oxygenated blood to the tissues and you'll prolong fatigue. Now let's focus on the heart. The heart is a muscle. It's cardiac muscle, and it also needs to receive oxygen and nutrients, and it needs to remove waste products, just like the muscle, the skeletal muscle. 
Fundamentally, when you have a heart attack, your heart is not receiving adequate oxygen and you run the risk of damaging the tissue of your heart and actually dying. And the appropriate term for a heart attack is a myocardial infarction. You may have heard of the widow maker before, and that's when there is an infarction of the left descending aorta, which is not a good thing. Here's the good news. When you develop cardiovascular fitness through aerobic training, you improve the blood supply to the heart through a mechanism called coronary collateralization. This means that you create new vascular networks that supplement arterioles, bringing oxygenated tissue to different parts of your heart. This improves cardiovascular health and can reduce the severity of heart attack. Next, aerobic exercise can significantly improve something called stroke volume or the amount of blood your heart or more specifically something called the left ventricle of your heart can push out per beat. So you can push more blood out of the left ventricle of your heart every time your heart beats. This happens through four mechanisms. The first mechanism is increased diastolic filling or an increase in the amount of blood that can be filled up in the left ventricle for every heartbeat. The next is enhanced contractibility or the amount of force that can be used to push out blood so you can push out blood with greater force. The third one is a larger blood volume. When you exercise aerobically, you actually increase your total blood volume, which forces the chamber of your heart to adapt its structure because more blood volume is coming in. So you get something called eccentric cardiac hypertrophy. And the last one is decreased cardiac afterload. Or your heart doesn't have to push against as much pressure when it pumps out blood. All of this happens through aerobic training. Here's the key for your heart. Aerobic exercise increases nutrient and oxygen-rich blood supply to the heart and improves the efficiency of your heart, all of which are amazing for longevity. Now I'm going to talk about how to improve aerobic fitness through training so that we can reap all these amazing benefits. Let's briefly recap the government's recommendations here in the U.S. for how much exercise the average person should do. The government says that the minimum threshold, this is the bare minimum, is 150 minutes of moderate intensity activity per week or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity activity. And I'm going to try to make this as simple as possible. Moderate intensity activity would fall on the line of what I'm about to discuss, and that's called zone two aerobic exercise. So zone two aerobic exercise is performed at roughly 60 to 75% of your maximum heart rate. This is like long duration, continuous exercise. This is the type of stuff that you would think about on going out for an easy jog or getting on the elliptical or doing the rowing machine. It improves stroke volume, mitochondrial density, and it increases is parasympathetic tone of the autonomic nervous system. So if any of you measure heart rate variability, this will increase HRV. And it's a very useful type of exercise for helping you adapt to global stress. So how much you should do depends on your current state of fitness. If you're only exercising 30 minutes per week right now, adding one 30-minute session would result in a massive positive adaptation. However, if you're an elite athlete, you'll need to train a whole lot more. You'll need a lot more volume to see a change. For the average adult, I recommend trying to hit about 120 minutes a week of zone two exercise with a minimum of 30 minutes per session. So the intensity I said earlier was 60 to 75% of your max heart rate. How do you calculate your max heart rate? Okay. If you would take 220 and subtract your age to get your maximum heart rate. So if you're a 40 year old female, that would be 180. If you 
or to multiply 0.6 times 180, you get 108. If you multiply 0.75 times 180, you get 135. So the range for zone two for you would be 108 to 135 beats a minute. So if you're using an exercise tracker like an Apple Watch or a Polar, you can then track this in real time. A good rule of thumb, however, is that your heart rate should be elevated, your respiration rate should be elevated, but you should still be able to talk. So for some people, this may be a really, really brisk walk. If you're really fit, you may have to push it a little bit harder to get up into this heart rate zone. So that's the intensity, 60 to 75% of max heart rate. Volume again, is I say I think you should be shooting for 120 minutes a week. But if you're only doing 60 minutes right now, don't jump to 120 or 150. A good rule of thumb is to only add 10 to 15% of total volume per week. So if you're doing 60 minutes now, you could do 66 to 70 minutes ne next week. And this way you prevent burnout and you're applying the right dose of stress that you can adapt to in a reasonable amount of time. Remember, the government threshold is 150 minutes of meat medium intensity or moderate intensity activity. The ideal total exercise volume of moderate intensity exercise is 300 minutes. I think you should try to aim for 120 minutes of zone two exercise each week to reap the benefits of the things that we just described. Now I want to shift over and focus our attention on vigorous exercise. So the government says that you should get at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise or 75 minutes of vigorous exercise. And I consider that exercise that's in zone three or higher. So high intensity interval training or HIT training would classify as vigorous exercise. And it's received a lot of attention in recent years because the time efficiency related to adaptation. So instead of doing 45 minutes of zone two on a bike or elliptical, you could perform 15 to 20 minutes of HIT training and get similar results, okay? HIT is really short bouts of high intensity exercise with short rest. And I'm going to simplify this. I mean, really simplify this into two buckets or two big categories, aerobic and anaerobic HIIT training. Now I'm kind of generalizing things here, but I just want to make it really, really simple. So you can do aerobic power and anaerobic power training in this HIIT category. The primary difference is the intensity of the effort, where in anaerobic HIIT training, you should be aiming to exceed your VO2 max or the maximal rate at which you can consume and use oxygen, whereas the rest intervals used for aerobic power typically won't enable you to do that. Okay, remember a long time ago when we we're talking about the energy systems, I said every energy system has a power and a capacity. I'm really, I'm really focusing in on that power component. So what would this look like? Like what would a train training session look like from a volume standpoint. Again, this all depends on your current state of fitness. So if you've never done HIIT training before, maybe you should start with three to four sets. The upper limit is around 10 to 12. For simplicity's sake, I want to focus on a few very powerful methods and a specific ratio and that is a one-to-one -one work to rest ratio. So for instance, you would exercise for one minute and you would rest for one minute. There are two protocols that are commonly referenced in the scientific literature. One is the 10 by one protocol, which means you would do one minute of very intense exercise followed by one minute of rest for 10 total sets. The other is the four by four, and that is four minutes of intense exercise with four minutes of rest repeated four times. If you're new to HIIT training, I would recommend starting off with 
bouts of maybe 30 seconds to up to one minute for maybe three to four sets and giving that a try and seeing how your body adapts. As you adapt, you could bump this up. So maybe week one, you do three to four sets. Week two, you do five to six until you work your way up to maybe that 10 by one, okay? That would be the volume. The intensity, if you're measuring your heart rate, would be somewhere around 85 to 95% of your max heart rate. So if you're a 40-year-old person, 85% of your max heart rate is around 150 to like 155 beats a minute, and your upper limit would be around 170 beats a minute. That's working really, really hard. And because the work to rest ratio is short, so it's one to one, it's going to be really, really hard for you to exceed VO2 max. When we talk about the anaerobic system later on, you're going to be able to exceed that because you may get longer rest breaks. So let's recap here. Aerobic exercise improves longevity. This is very consistent in the scientific literature. It does this by creating adaptations in our heart and in our peripheral musculature. And there's two really predominant ways that you can improve this. One is through modern intensity exercise, like the zone two exercise we discussed, or vigorous exercise, high intensity interval training for aerobic adaptations. Aerobic exercise is something that everybody should be doing, but you need to be in doing it in a way that is appropriate for your current fitness level and you need to be progressing at a very measured pace. If you found today's podcast to be informative, and useful. Would you please leave us a review and a comment in the Apple Podcast app as this is one of the best ways that you can help support the podcast. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.